0: This episode of Earl Gray is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com Trek FM.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot.
0: It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prew, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me is Lieutenant Accountant Darren Mosier. Darren, what exactly do you do on this ship? Uh, First off,
1: I wanted you to notice my stylish green visor. Uh, Actually, Data has a ton of these in his closet, so he was nice enough to lend me one. But what do I actually do? You know, I prefer not to answer that question. It's actually a matter of uh, National Federation security. But let me tell you, if I wasn't here on this ship, um, I don't think things
0: would get done. All right. I guess I will have to take your word for it, since there's no records or anything. Um, Philip, we also I'm joined by uh, barkeep Philip Gilfus. Uh, Philip, can you can you go get me another drink, please?
2: Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Just just keeping things clean here. Um, just putting out this tip jar. Um, that's the name of the newest drink from SoCus Four Tip Jar. Uh, you can go ahead and have a sample there While I go get a, something else from the back here
0: Yeah tip jar That's an interesting name for a drink Because well I, I don't have anything on me So if even if I wanted to uh, To leave you a little bit of gratuity I wouldn't know how to do it
2: I know I keep telling you not to show up naked in 10 forward. Jeez <laughs> That's definitely not gratuity <laughs> No
0: it's not. It might be gratuitous But it's not, it's not gratuity uh, so anyways, from this ridiculous intro that we just had, um, we're going to do a little bit different. Um, this is one of those topics that, like, whether it's on The Ready Room or any of our other shows, like, a lot of times when people talk about Star Trek, it's one of those topics that you will, you'll you'll brush up against it, and maybe you'll make a comment or two, and then you'll just move on, because it's never really addressed head-on. Um, but it's kind of important if you want to think about, Star Trek as a society, right? And what's going and on? And what
1: topic is that, Daniel? <laughs> I know, I didn't say that.
0: We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about the, uh, uh, as as Picard calls it, the economics of the future, of the 24th century, especially pertaining to TNG, as we do here on this show, guys. So, and this is complicated. So we're just going to, and obviously, just a disclaimer, none of us are economists. None of us are even deal with money. Other than the average person. So we don't know anything any better than anybody else does. But uh, so Any of us are poor. Be... So, you know, really, <laughs> we just don't even. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um... 401
2: one what?
1: <laughs> and don't worry, this entire episode will not be one giant ad to contribute to our Patreon campaign. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, as you can tell now. Um,
2: but... Go to the tote board. <laughs>
0: Um, but let's start off with just general impressions. When I say to you, what what is, what is the monetary system? What what are the economics of the twenty fourth century, Darren? Is there anything that pops on your head? What do you think of?
1: Well, just like you said, you know that line from First Contact where Picard says, you know, the economics of the twenty fourth century are quite different. Or you know, the first episode that pops into my head is actually the Neutral Zone, which deals a lot with a you know 20th century man or or a couple of people drawn into the future and one for one of them he's you know all about money he was rich and he had accounts and people and he had made preparations and all of that was washed away uh by the the, the changes of time so those are the first things i kind of think of but you know it it's an interesting topic for TNG cuz it's not really touched upon that much I mean, I'd say the Ferengi are in more episodes than money than uh, in The Next Generation.
0: Which is a, which is kind of a funny which comparison. Which is a funny comparison. <laughs> the, the Ferengi are known for money later on, but we don't really establish that much until Deep Space Nine. Uh, Philip, what about you? How do you what, – what what comes to your head? What Give us your just initial impressions of, of TNG money.
2: Well, I think when it comes to money in the 24th century – and this might be wrong – but I think the first thing I always think about is like it seems like every other species has currency and and maybe I'm just making it up and we can talk about it, but I'm like Klingons, Cardassians uh, Bajorans Romulans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, Ferengi, obviously um, like everyone else seems to have currency but the Federation and now I mean I think there is a logical explanation I mean nobody has pockets, where are you going to put the wallet? you know, that's just just pretty straightforward there Um, but, but other than that, I mean, it's one of those things where the more you think about it, the more like, how does this work? Because, you know, in your intro calling me like a bartender, like those civilians on the enterprise who like, like the janitor, I don't know, they probably have the robot vacuum, but like, but like the bartenders and the barbers, like, so they're just doing it for the love of barbering and for the love of bartending,
0: well, <laughs> they did get a B.A. in bartending, so <laughs> you know. So that's an that's an interesting topic. Like, let's talk about this. Let's. This is going to be kind of fast and loose, guys. So as things come up, just go ahead and 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 talk about it. But what what you just said to me about everybody, other every other race has currency. Now this makes no sense to me. They they tr- they kind of skirt around this issue in Deep Space Nine when they say. Uh, you can't replicate gold-pressed latinum, which seems kind of silly to me, but okay, I'll buy it. But I can't imagine that all of these races, like, if you have physical currency, you could just replicate it. Why, Why is there a need for this sort of thing?
1: Well, I mean, when you go to the broader implications of money, money is a representation of something that is scarce. It's a matter of scarcity. And so gold was chosen on Earth because it was you know, you could find it, but it was a scarce metal and it could, you know, it wouldn't kill you if you touched it. It, you know, was, could be turned into things. So in the end, it's like, okay, it, there's, there's no currency though in, in the Federation. And that's what's even more peculiar is it's like, what are you using to, to represent the exchange? And, it's the it it just comes down to, I mean it's the it's mostly because of the replicator, and, you know. In the age of the replicator, why pay for something when you can just make it? I mean, yes, you have limits of like you can't just replicate a whole starship. You need people to put it together. But uh, it's you know, when Worf and Worf and Data are choosing out a gift for Miles, you know, <laughs> and and they're trying to decide what makes him think of Worf. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't need, he could get a super extravagant Klingon chair for him. He could have replicated that, (laughs) but instead I, I don't even remember what he ended up choosing. But, uh, you know, that, that's the thing is it's like, there's no scarcity anymore except for energy and raw materials. You know, those are the only inputs that go into replication.
0: And even energy is essentially limitless. Yeah, in, I mean, in unless the you're on century, the USS you're... Voyager,
1: in which case it is a finite <laughs> resource that is only in <laughs> nebula's and coffee. But
0: I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you're exactly right, and and I think it it, co- it goes to those very two things. It goes to the fact um, that you are now. We have limited resources on this planet, and in this day and age, so we can only allocate so much to to so many people. But in the future, when you can literally, literally create things out of midair um, or out of useless, useless, not useless, useless
2: planets, gold. You know, <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not a TNG construct.
0: <laughs> but what? So, so like I actually. For, when i think about it i for the most part i actually think this makes a lot of sense in this in the star trek universe um you know, of course there's holes and gaps of course they're not going to create an entire financial system or or an equivalence but it makes sense to me that why would you need it if you could go to the store and replicate whatever you want um if you can go to any planet you want there then there's no land shortage like you can do pretty much anything pretty much for free so what what is the purpose of, of, of that system
2: well and and this is a potential uh, argument i'll put forth um as a reminder in especially in the next generation um not completely but mostly we only see starfleet federation like we don't just see i mean we do but on the whole we don't we don't see regular people in the federation civilians um and we do but but we see them at least in a starfleet environment um, and this is a rough analogy, so just go with me on here. Like, you know, being in the U.S. military, it, it's a very socialistic organization. You know, I got free health care, free housing, you know, f- free clothing allowance, you know, did all these things, you know, just because I'm I'm part of that uh, government organization. And so now so the, maybe the construct, like, yeah, yeah, it's a weapon or a rifle, what he <laughs> calls it. A gun. No. Um, but, but now, I mean... The, Ostensibly, there is no money in the 24th century, but I'm saying that maybe there is something that we're missing that is unplace place in civilian life.
1: Well, well, let's think of... I mean, again, uh, we have to kind of pull a little bit from the other shows because it's some of the only other times we see things set up like that. So, I mean, to think of DS9, you have uh, Cisco's father runs a cafe, you know, a a jazz kitchen, you know, in New Orleans. And, but, you know, does he just fill out a requisition form from the Federation and and whatever food stuff he needs shows up or, you know, and people, you know, the scarcity is almost the number of tables he has in his, in his, in his restaurant, but, you know, and the size of his building, that's the only thing limiting you know what he can produce.
0: Well, there I do remember actually because I'm I'm doing my deep space and I rewatch and it's interesting. Uh because he does me- I think Jake mentions like having to to work in his grandfather's garden because his grandfather wants to actually make real food like from the earth kind of thing. And I f- I imagine that that's probably in and, and and Grandpa Cisco has that personality like I oh, I'm going to do everything with the, you know, by the sweat of my brow and he's just that kind of guy. And and there's obviously a place for that in the 24th century, but it's not necessary. So it's only people who choose to the live that way have to yeah. And so like that makes sense. But if you wanted to run a restaurant, and you know, like like you, Picard's father, to serve filet mignon, you could just do it. Like 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 why not? Why couldn't you? You could make as much as you wanted to. I, uh, but that also brings up an interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't know part. why.
1: I don't know why. i was speechless. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no of course we, we and that's the thing about this topic we have to fill in a lot of the gaps
2: now we have to solve it told. within those 45 minutes <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this does bring up an interesting uh, uh, subject is fi- like for whatever reason Phillips right all of these other races have currency now how does a federation how does the federation deal with that like how how do we uh, there's obviously trade that happens like is it do we go do we revert to a bartering system is it like we'll give you you know 400 million tons of coal or what yeah obviously not coal that's ridiculous but dilithium dilithium (laughs) for
2: your if we replicate that in the 24th century too so never
1: mind well uh, like you you listed uh, in in the show notes daniel the price i think is a great example of this because the federation and several other races are not bartering but just they're they're, they all want control Organic. of this wormhole. so the wormhole is the scarcity. I mean I'll, you you hear me use this word a lot in this podcast, but it's what's scarce. there's only one. so what do we trade for access to it? and it, it seems like Riker's using a lot of like still resources like things you might pull out of the ground or um trade or like trade routes or you know the, so there's still there's still an economy in the federation it's just the driving force of it is not the acquisition of wealth it's the it's it's either the stabilization of the federation or the expansion of it or the protection of it it's it's hard to it's hard to
0: tell the the that's interesting you're right there is still an economy of course there wouldn't have to be an economy but i imagine for such a large organization for you know interstellar organization thousands of worlds, thousands of planets and species, It's it would be much, much smaller than we expect because like you say, there are only a limited, limited number of resources that can't be replicated or duplicated in some way. So you would think that there would be like two or three major players right? Like Dilithium 4 has all the Dilithium crystals or whatever it would be and then like you want to control that one thing and then after that but in the 24th century how long is it going to take until they can replicate um, everything until they, like i feel like the 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 limitations on replication seem plot driven they seem to be oh you can't how else are you going to go to a bar if you can just make your own drinks and you can replicate the the, the, the or you payment. can't
1: replicate people thus you know right. death is still well, a problem well holodeck
0: well and that's the that's exactly what i wanted to talk about too the other problem is and this is not really in tng this is more of a voyager thing and and up until we get to like moriarty right but like let's say we're let's say they started a new star trek series 10 years after voyager you have now eliminated all of the menial jobs completely you just make holograms do it why wouldn't
2: you this deep space 12 (laughs) it would be deep space 12 yeah
0: so, like, a lot of people, like like we mentioned, why does Guinan do what she does? I mean, she likes to listen, so I guess maybe she's well, special. And,
1: and when you were talking about that, you know, who would choose to be a bartender or not even a bartender, a, a, a server, you know, who would want to wear that checkered pattern in <laughs> the 24th century? But I think of nowadays, and I think, you know, jobs aren't taken away because no one wants to do them jobs are taken away more by like automation and like robotics. But yet we don't see any of that in the 24th century. There isn't, yes, a lot is a lot is automated by the computer that runs a lot of the ship, but you know, there, I mean, data, yes, he runs the bar when he loses his memory. Uh, but he's not, you know, that's not his primary function. So that, that is something I think we're kind of missing in the Star Trek future is, is, I mean, until we kind of see it later, like you said, with holograms, possibly in in Voyager's time, but there is no second, there is no, you know, media. yeah, there's no service class. class.
0: And even, even if, and this is like really, really just throwing this out here, but like data is the most advanced Android that we have at this point, but come on, like, there could have been androids that could be bartenders at this point. You could make them perfectly personable and totally okay. And like obviously they wouldn't maybe they wouldn't be sentient. They wouldn't have self awareness or something, but they would be good bartenders, right? I
1: don't know. Without yes. an emotion chip, I don't know if they'd be able to uh
2: listen to your problems. <laughs> but wouldn't we have created a race, Daniel? And wouldn't we be judged on how we treat that race? <laughs>
0: They're just machines. They could have exocomps <laughs> be the, you know, the bartenders of the 24th century. Well, okay, while, while you were mentioning,
1: you know, you were mentioning some of the other races that had currency, but but oh, it seemed like everyone you were mentioning was uh, outside the Federation. But that's a good question. Okay, the Federation, like you said, is made up of thousands of worlds. Like, are we, I, I don't think we're stating that the Federation has no currency, and maybe just starfleet doesn't like philip was saying because i can't imagine that or earth. all of well yeah of earth yeah or the core of earth because you know bold you're saying like boldians and dorians vulcans like all of these races all of a sudden don't have money like that doesn't that's even that's an even more insurmountable goal than just one planet you know is is every
2: planet <laughs> And, and that's a great thing that I don't, don't think we've learned in any of the 24th century incarnations of Trek. I don't think we know that much. I mean, that's a, this is a separate topic um, that we won't cover, but about the Federation itself, the United Federation of Planets, like the political structure, the economic structure. Is it like the UN or is it just like the United Government or is it like every, you know, like it's just like. Umbrella organization, and like you said, every planet still kind of does their own thing, or do you have to, like, you know, if you become a member of the Federation, do you just wipe out everything that you have and have to adopt their one world agenda? Um, you know, you know what, what, it, what you know. But that, I, th- I think that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, do the little shorties in insurrection have their own monetary system, or do they have to give it up once they become a? Look, I want to design a new logo
1: for the United Federation of Planet. I'm thinking something golden with a dagger in it. You know <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> well, but again, it, it comes to, to scarcity. I mean, we see a lot of of the federation involvement when it's defending a member planet uh whether it's in you know the the dominion war or the cardassian war the bloody you know ever seen cardassian war <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that makes sense. That like three, I oh, just, it's, I got the tattoo right here, but, um, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't hate what, uh, what the, what they did, <laughs> but I just hated that they made me get this stupid tattoo and I spelled, <laughs> I spelled Seth <laughs> wrong. Oh, but uh, yeah, so we see that and that makes sense. But again, you know, what's driving the choices made in the Federation, you know, their, uh, you know, if not money, I mean, or the acquisition of resources, because again, that's yeah. uh, money is we've determined is just a representation
2: of resources that are valuable. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's I, well, I know everyone knows this. This is what that Picard speech to Lily. You know, the acquisition of wealth is no longer the predominant thing in our society. Instead, we da, 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 which even when he says it, I still don't know if I believe. <laughs> like you know, I, like I don't know if they like get up in the morning like I want to. You better myself. Like, it's not way. like I, I got I got my duty shift. That's what I got to do this morning. Um, got to go clean the f- plasma buffers. You know, I don't know if that's really helping humanity. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, what? And at least in the Western world, or at least in the United States, you know, we could deconstruct this for like hours and hours. But you know, like w- what you said, Darren. Like, why do people? What's your motivation of doing things? And and I don't think you know. People's financial motivation nowadays is, you know, could be a lot, could be a little, but it's there. You know, you get a paycheck and you're either doing something because you want the paycheck or you're doing something because you like it and you also get a paycheck. Um, Or you don't get a paycheck and you were looking for one. Um, But, yeah, so that goes to the motivation of why do people choose to be engineers or scientists or artists in the 24th century and once you remove that barrier.
1: Yeah, and as I think – I think that barrier is a big part of the Star Trek answer because – It's saying, you know, with our technology, we've removed the, the difficulty of having the basic needs, having food, shelter, clothing, you know, all of that is covered. And so all that leaves is the very top, which is the betterment of man or, or choose. And, and those are things where it's like, oh, I want to be the captain of a starship. Well, we can't, we don't just replicate starships here and, you know, hand them out to everyone. Like that's where, that's where you get the scarcity of, okay, I need to go to Starfleet Academy. I need to, you know, show I have the experience, you know, and then you work your way up to, you know, or if you're Harry Kim, you always stay as an ensign. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I think that's their kind of like, they don't come out and say it, but that's kind of what they're implying is we've removed the, the the that that no one, no one's able to say I can't have the basic needs covered in in the federation
2: or maybe I'm wrong go but for it's it. interesting because we well we still get those stories because they have to force like we see very little at least in, in TNG we see a little of Earth but we don't see a lot of Earth um like what conspiracy but that really doesn't count family uh, family in which. And that's more of an old throwback, you know, because Picard's father rejected the the modernity, you know, because even uh, 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 Picard's uh, sister-in-law is like where, you know, where I tried to argue to get a replicator in here. Um, But the Federation colonies, all the time we visit these colonies, then that sort of takes us back in a sense to the 20th and 21st century, like scarce resources, you know, people struggling through and. And I, and to me, that's, that's to me, a bigger argument. Why would you choose to be a colonist? And I know Star Trek has said, has answered that, explore, you know, they want the challenge and da 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 da, da. but I mean, the, which is kind of the pioneer spirit, um, right. you know, but I don't see, I don't, it's like, hmm, paradise, Earth, or scrapping <laughs> out and terraforming a big rock in space. What do I want to do today?
1: Well, and is it, you know, oh, well, because no one can tell me what to do out here. It's like, well, no one's really telling you what to do back there, so what... Well, yeah. What, what do you it, think, Daniel? Well, you know, it's big Earth I government. We've. we've
0: <laughs> I, I think we've really hit the, the main point here, and the, and the biggest sticking issue that that a lot of people have when we're talking about money in the twenty fourth century, and I, I think people just can't imagine in their mind. Like it's so ingrained in us to work, to work, to work and work for money, work for money. That way you can, you can provide, you, you can provide for yourself. You can provide for your family. You can have a better life. The more money you have, you, the better of a life that you can have. That's just, that's, that's, the, that's earth culture for the most part of this. Or box. at
1: least earth of Western culture.
0: <laughs> Western culture. Definitely. But I think, you know, for the most part, you know, Human, humanity if you could only hear yeah. yourself, how racist, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and and I think and this is why I I like I rush to defend this idea of no uh, you know of no personal wealth kind of thing here because I think it's laudable I think it was very forward thinking and you're when nobody suffers no, when nobody wants for the basic needs like Darren's absolutely right like you could and maybe there are people on Earth that we don't see that just sit around all day in the holodeck and do nothing there there those people hardly sorry. but bark but even barkley went to
2: and then their mother comes in is like aren't you gonna go progress the future of humanity today leave me alone or or he he, she wakes him up and says time to better yourself
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm no saint and i'm not gonna say that i'm any better than anybody else but i can imagine a scenario in which i wouldn't need money, and I would still want to do something that contributes. So when people are like, "Why do people do anything in this ex- like in this world?" I'm like, "Are you like, would you want to sit around all day? Like, have you ever been sick for a week? You want to? Hey, I like got a level twenty and paladin,
1: and he's not going to level himself. So you know, <laughs> <I didn't... laughs>
2: but." Well, I mean, like you know, to, to to use an easy example, and I don't know if the listeners are aware, none of us could pay to do any of this. You know, to speak of something you love doing for <laughs> free. I mean, the three of us are sitting here doing this each and every week uh, for free. Um, you know, it's not like anyone's buying our equipment. Um, but anyway, I, I think probably, I mean, that, that's that's true. That that what is that motivation, and 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 why do you do things, and so. It's it's definitely something that that is cause to think about. And, and, and one thing we have haven't really addressed, and I don't know if we should or not, but in T and G, do we see a difference between how TOS addressed this? You know, because w- it, it almost and maybe I'm making this up. I feel like there was a little bit more money in TOS than there is in TNG. Or am I making that up? There's like Kirk
0: makes a couple of references uh, to some of his junior officers about how much Starfleet has paid to train them. Like, oh, you're what, a lot of-
2: credits? Is that used? I feel like, am I making that up? I feel it like maybe. It may be. I'm not really
0: sure. But was, it, it was, was, was definitely, it was-
2: uh, Kirk- Bitcoin? Makes is that what a, he said?
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kirk makes a speech in one of the movies, or he, there's a line in one of the movies. Well oh, Star Trek and you 4. Can, is it Star Trek form?
1: Well, he, he does say they well, don't use we, money. Because she says you probably
0: don't use money, and she's like, "Well, we don't." <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> so you can kind of see like the attitude. You know, it probably was a, there was a kernel of an idea there in the original series, and then it kind of grew into what what it eventually became. Well, you know, to
1: beat Darren's scarcity topic to death, but um, you know, we were talking again about you know what do you choose to do, you know, with your with your time now that your basic needs are covered and that that made me think though that is definitely a resource is time you know it's it, it i don't know if you knew this philip but it is the fire in which we burn but- <laughs>
2: <laughs> well darren i prefer to think of time as a companion <laughs> but
1: no
0: it like doctor who oh gosh <laughs>
1: but yeah so okay you're you know you're Picard and you have to choose what to do with your time. Are you going to live, uh, above your the clouds, years of life <laughs> live above the clouds, you know, on the enterprise or beneath the sea with Lewis. I mean, that is what you gotta, uh, gotta decide. So yeah, ex- ex- I mean, that's why as people are choosing to go into Starfleet or, you know, in the grand school, Mott school of barbarism, you know, you, uh, you know, that's, you know, yes, we're not immortal yet. That's the next big, uh, uh,
2: you know, I guess, stepping stone in the Starfleet uh, direction. Like the the bigger thing, like, and and I, again, you can do the rabbit hole in this, but like, is there a work week anymore? I mean, like, is there a weekend? Okay, this like, is a do you three just, like, shift work ship. When Philip? you want to,
1: don't even try to put me on four shifts because I'm just
2: not even doing that. <laughs> on, like, if you're working on the Atlantis project at, on Earth, like, well, there, there, if there's you, no. You, Payment then like do you just like work when you want to
0: well n- well I mean come on no. like not in Starfleet certainly right well, yeah. in Starfleet there's it's obviously regimented and that makes sense it has to be and also we also we always learn you know all the senior officers have four hundred and seventy two thousand years of of pay or of leave time that they leave, can take yeah, it, yeah <laughs> sure. shortly
2: whenever they want well they never take it one thing that I think Tng Takes a first step. I don't. Maybe the only step, but I don't know. Takes a first step in explaining that the only. Well, not the only way, but a very strong way in order to get to this quote-unquote reality is that they they you know encounter at far point World War Three. Boom! Everything's gone. Everything. So Earth started from scratch, and like, all the debts gone. All it.
1: the money's gone. All the yeah. All
2: that's gone. No resistance. Um. Yeah. No more student loan payments. That's whoo. World <laughs> Three. That what it takes. That's what kicked it Is off. That what it takes? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously. I mean, like, cause, and I think that's that was always an explanation of like, how do we get here? We started from scratch. Like, we just blew everything the blew up, and it's like, okay, well, but, that's how you can get there. And it's hard to do from an existing system. How do you get there?
1: Well, you started from scratch, money-wise, but you still had the technology of you know the 21st century. I think that's the big difference. I mean, you know, so you had a lot of other needs that were covered and things like that. But, um, but <clears throat> as we continue to circle around, you know, the, the Federation and, and does Riker get paid except for shore leave to go bring deadly games back to the enterprise. I wanted to get your, your opinion, Daniel, though, about the point you put about like the Federation and dealing with other, other cultures, like, I really wanted to also touch on that, just like from the fe- from the Ferengi that we're always bartering with for some reason, because apparently they're you know their their whole society is all bills on money. But you know, it's like how would that even work? How would a society like the Ferengi interact at all with a
0: society that
1: doesn't value the acquisition of wealth?
0: Well, we know that they 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 at least buy some root beer, so that, that's a thing <laughs> that we that we learn.
2: Well. And I think the the hard thing to remember about TNG is that the Ferengi are new or newish to the Federation. That I mean that we're we, you know we just met and well they're last mean, but they're not
1: they're not members but I know what you mean well no, yeah
2: but I mean in relations yeah like yeah. it's not like we've they've known each other for a hundred years it's like you know that's we accidentally true. blew up their ships because we didn't know them in the last outpost it's like oh that's your name the Ferengi well now we know um so because because it does strike me that like every time the ferengi meets the enterprise d it's like they just be like so how are you gonna pay your bill wait you don't have money what and then like the next episode's like so how much wait you don't have money like have have we not gotten that out yet to the ferengi alliance <laughs> they don't, don't have talk money. to each other okay it's <laughs> just <laughs> well with those ears how can they not hear anyway oh.
1: <laughs> don't be a racist yeah, I, I know in,
2: in in the battle
0: uh you know uh, Damon, whatever his name is, should have given Picard, uh, instead of that ball, he should have given him, you know, a copy of the rules of acquisition.
2: There are more guidelines.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting question. How. I mean, it goes back to the basis of... So, the Federation's a huge empire. It's a vast empire. Empire? uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think Daniel got sucked (laughs) through a transporter beam. And uh, (laughs) he's got a goatee now. It
0: is. Okay, I'll say Alliance, because that's more of a friendly name, I guess. Has has less negative connotations, but... um, It's a a big
2: confederation of planets. (laughs) that it's totally at peace with
0: each other. (laughs) Uh, But, you know... So it's massive resources, like huge resources, and it almost seems they could be completely self-sufficient, certainly. It seems that way, so why bother bartering in a lot of ways? But if if there was something that they needed to, you're right. How would that happen? And we're never privy to that information. Like, we get – we know that there are trade agreements, right? Like, there are times that they talk about signing, uh, signing some sort of agreement that, you know, with borders and, and – Trade routes and all these other things, but we don't we don't know the specifics or what exactly they're giving away. Really, it's an interesting question, but I don't think we. I think ever they're really... playing
2: um, Star Trek Catan and they're using their resources to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, especially where you look at the, I mean, resources again. The scale of some of the things in Star Trek. I mean, a starbase is giant. I mean, just the the. I mean, we say economic feasibility, but just the, the resources that would have to be dedicated to such a project. You know, it, it can't even destroy a planet. So, I mean, but it's it's still pretty big. We uh, can fit can the fit, Enterprise D. I was oh, going to say it can fit both of no, no, Enterprise. No, no, no,
0: no, <laughs> no. And an Excelsior that's the same gosh, size as the Enterprise. No, I
1: hate that so much. No, it, it can't. It can't. You can't just scale up the freaking model like eight times.
2: <laughs> no, the Enterprise-D does not fit in a Starbase. I'm sorry. But, you know, I think one thing that, and, and it's I don't know if it's a problem or not, but I think in TNG, you, they constantly find themselves, um, not colliding, but, like, any dealings with other races, it's like, well, of course the other race has money. Duh. Like, why would you not have money? Like they're, like, not as involved like, as the Federation for some well, reason. Well, no, like, even the Beta Zeds, like, in Haven, like, when that weird crazy nightmare-inducing goldhead thing beams aboard. I blocked and that like, episode out of my
1: memory. I'm sorry.
2: It's when Troy gets engaged. Oh, okay. And, uh... Yeah. Um, that and doesn't like, narrow it down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. She got engaged twice because she married Riker. But anyway, the first time she got engaged. Um But that was... uh and it, it spit out like the gold thing was beamed aboard and like the head's like, Hello, blah 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 And Troy's like, Oh god. A proud um, moment and then it's, for the next generation. And then it's and then it spits out the jewels and it's like, Oh, those are my wedding presents and then the hijinks ensue. So but it's, and I'm sure there's other examples of like, well of course, every other speed. and the, but it's just like but not not see and again, not even I'll just say humans. Just humans are the only people that don't have money
0: yeah there's, there's a bit of inconsistency there, and actually, one specific example I wanted to bring up was the most toys. Um, and we get this this guy who collects these crazy, rare artifacts, but would is that worth it? Like I mean, that's what he does, and he's very most quote, unquote, wealthy off of it, but how would that even work? I mean, could you could replicate most of the things he has? And how would you ever? You can't replicate data. Besides data, besides data, you can replicate all of the. He's got that. He's got that creature. He's got that creature. Well, maybe I I guess you can't replicate creatures, right? Uh, But he's got lots of things, right? He's got he's got clothes. He's got that couch. He's got that couch. Yeah. Uh, like this is one of the few instances, aside from the Ferengi, where we get a character who who basically is demonizing consumerism, essentially, you know, demonizing uh, wealth and property and me, 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 selfishness kind of guy, and like I'll go to any lengths to increase my, you know, my own chest.
1: Right. So Fajo, as we were talking about. So Fajo, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It's. But I mean, he's. I don't think he's a member of the. Well, okay, maybe his planet's like within the Federation, you know. Because I I can't imagine that like he traveled from another non-Federation area of space. You know that doesn't make sense. But and, and we're trading with him. You know, we're giving him that. Oh, that's true. That yeah, that right. stuff that super dangerous will blow you up stuff. I can't remember exactly only for data. Only for data. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like we. We needed something from him because only he had the super, you know, uh, or was it? Was that the episode where he like he he only had the only supply of like the very limited stuff? And when they got to the place, it was like, oh, this stuff's like this disaster was created to you know yes. only need yeah. that. So I mean, yeah, he created scarcity. This, hashtag.
2: This, hashtag. hashtag. It was manufactured yeah. scarcity. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So but you're right. So we traded with him. So again, does it just come down to a, a barter and maybe, I think that's what we've kind of just been saying this whole time though, is that the Federation doesn't have a currency in place within itself, but every nation, you know, if I I want to go to France, I have to change my currency into, you know, francs or, you know, whatever they use. So, uh, so just the same as if I want to trade with, you know, the beta Zs, I need to translate, you know, something I have of value. And I don't know, maybe there's just this big agreement within, you know, the the Federation that the Federation has like this super credit line of, of just we're the Federation founding member, you know, got the super, you know, Amex Blacks Deluxe card or something and just you know <laughs> the federation will yeah uh, i don't know protect your planet a little more it's just a big protection racket i don't know it's 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 hard to say no. what what do they trade to so that the federation can go around or starfleet can go around and and do what they want
0: it, it it and just thinking out loud it occurs to me that that maybe what we have removed is personal wealth maybe mm. it's just the, it's just from the from the person to person, the the lower end, the bottom rung of the economy, where I don't need to barter with you, I don't need to. We get whatever we need, whenever we need it, and or, or even whatever we want, for the most part, um, within reason. I'm sure there's probably rules, and, and it's a cultural thing. I'm sure. Uh, but as far as the federation, as an organization is concerned, of course they need re- they need resources with which to supply. But, like, in in a society where I can have anything I want, I don't need money. Maybe for the infrastructure we need money, we need workers, that kind of thing. But maybe that's the big shift that happens is that the Federation does deal with people, has a system in place, a currency in place to trade with the Ferengi or the Romulans or whoever. And it's just that average citizens don't ever need to do that. There's no reason for them to do that.
2: Well, I mean, Chief O'Brien has his PIPs um, account that he uh, – <laughs> no. Um, yeah, because that's kind of where I, I thought like – and again, this is made up in my mind from TOS, and this may or may not be accurate, so standard orbit check check me. But like that Federation Standard Credits, and it's maybe like that's what you're talking about. Like we don't use it, but when we have to deal with other species – I mean because you have to have some sort of mon- – well, again, I'm not an expert. But you have to have some sort of monetary exchange of where, you know, three – Bars of Latinum equals what? You know, you know, so you have to have some sort of like exchange rate. Um, that but okay, that's Federation the Federation credits say that's that.
1: That's the same problem. So okay, let's say the Federation has that where they have a thing called the Federation credit, and when they need to get something from the Ferengi or let's say let's use a, another species within the Federation, uh, you know the. Um, the, I like the the beta Zeds. So we want to buy, you know, a bunch of stem bolts from the beta
2: Zeds because that's where they build them. I don't know. Just making it up. Now, now I'm laughing that all <laughs> elementary math books instead of widgets have self- self-stealing stem stealing bolts. Stem bolts. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so Billy has 25 <laughs> self-stealing stem bolts. <laughs>
1: and He needs to trade with a non-Federation species using a different currency. What does Billy do? Uh, but okay. So okay. So does does the Federation just say okay? Uh, yes, I will come back with uh twenty Federation credits, uh, and then you just walk to the back room. Beep beep beep. You know now
0: I have twenty Federation credits. It's it's like what what is that worth? That took it must. I I, I don't know. They must they must have removed physical representations yeah, of currency.
1: That's true. That's which makes sense because we're already on our way towards that now. I mean,
0: right. You know. It must just be in in, in completely electronic. It, that it, it's the only thing that makes sense to me because there's no possible way that there w- there wouldn't be crazy Im- I mean I'm sure even with even in electronic systems you have the danger of a lot of counterfeiture. But with in a society and a universe where you can literally make things appear out of thin air, you could have a bazillion dollars. You could have a, a, a bazillion dollar cake and eat it. There's no reason you couldn't do that, and so it, it, it doesn't make any sense. That, that makes sense, but, though. But
2: Worf made cake. Daniel, are you not going to try Worf's cake? <laughs> it's a well, it was on... a <laughs> cake with frosting. <laughs> I was just going to say
1: it depends on the, the kind of frosting. Uh, but no i think you're right daniel i think that makes total sense so the, the in the in the peace agreement or whatever between say the klingons and and the federation you know they they know that you know they will transfer a value to whatever is bought and then there must be a way to turn that value back into something physical so if the klingons need to you know a disruptor or something they know that this number of federation credits is accepted within their own society.
2: You so know? like I'm seeing, like you, you're you're leaving Chronos Quon- or Kronos, depending on your point of view, and you're you're crossing into a federation colony, and you have like 12 vats of blood wine, and you're taking it to the exchange. Like, what do you walk away with after that? Like, that's
1: oh, that's at least thirty-five thousand <laughs> credits right there. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, but that would probably be what happened, and then or they just don't even use credits; they just Again, if it's all electronics, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it it turns into life. Klingon credits because we let's try to assume that they at least have an all electronic, you know, currency, which would make sense. You know, it's just the backwater Ferengi that are so so clutching that have a physical currency that we see. Yeah. Well,
2: I, I mean, we do – because I was remembering – because I've just finished up my TNG tier. Um, but, like, in Preemptive Strike, um, when Roe has Picard meet her – I actually don't know where they meet, but I'll just say near the DMZ, presumably. Right. Um, and she's posing as a prostitute, and he's a John, Luke Picard. Ha, huh, get it. Okay. Um, but she tells him to bring money so she, he can bargain for her services, quote-unquote. So, like, I don't know what – What does the, he bring? Yeah. Yeah. Cardassian what are they well, like? ducots? I don't know. It's a know. it's a,
1: It's a it's a throwaway line. I mean, chilling, it's hard to, it, um, chilling.
2: Sterling? What do they do? Huh. In? I don't I don't know. But anyway.
0: Alright. Well, you know, we could probably seriously talk about this forever. There's there there are so many holes and gaps and inconsistencies. It's an interesting topic and I think it's one that should be addressed more often um I, you know I just I feel like I think the idea that we've moved past this system that we're in now that we've only been in for a few thousand years or so that we move past it that we we've, we've gone beyond like this is that attitude towards money is kind of the core idea of Star Trek is where we we were we we're past things where we've moved above a lot of the issues... I mean, really, resources and the, the the accumulation of wealth is responsible for just as much suffering as almost anything else on the planet. And it would be nice to imagine a future where those things are no longer an issue. But that is my, what I called, Gene Roddenberry commie perspective on money. What do you guys think? Do you guys, like... Do you think it makes? I mean, even if it doesn't, the details don't make sense. Do, do you, do you think it's a positive thing? Do you think that that's where we're going? Do you think that's even possible? Do you think there's a, a possible universe that exists in which, we don't need, uh, to do these things that we do to each other for money? What like what do you think, Darren? Yay, nay? This doesn't make any sense. It makes so much sense. What do you think?
1: I think. It's possible that we'll eventually move to a society that maybe doesn't use physical money, but I don't think that humanity will ever move away from needing some sort of currency to represent wealth uh because of human nature I mean that's the biggest change that Roddenberry puts in with that greed is and the acquisition of wealth is no longer our driving force it we can move away from that but i think just the nature of man he is not it it, it's very hard to to abolish that and i don't think i don't think that could happen
0: so uh so darren is uh, he is a capitalist what about you (laughs) philip how do you feel about this
2: i mean in some ways we're already moving towards it without knowing it I mean, as we get more electronic-based – and I don't, I'm not sure I understand Bitcoin, but it's there. Um, and, you know, and, and again, there's no – what little I do know of economics, at least here in, in America, is that it, it really is artificial anymore. I mean, we're not on a gold standard, at least the way I understand it. And the way that the the Fed controls interest rates and the the money – quote, unquote, the money supply, not a real one, but a fictional money supply is in some ways very – Constructed Like, you know, there's no reality base to, to how it goes. I mean, it kind of goes, increases and decreases at will. So there's no, like, real thing there. So, I mean, as we move further and further away from this physicality that we've had of, like, here's rock. Here is gold rock. Here is paper. Here is – now it's, it's all just a construct. And I think the further away, the further it just becomes too much of a construct. And it's like, well, why does it even matter anymore? And I mean, we're not there, obviously, but is it a possibility – I mean, taking away money helps you go to a higher conversation, just like taking away racism, taking away bias, taking away all these—you know—sexism gets you to a higher conversation. Because if you don't have to talk about those things, which are very reality-based, you can kind of talk about more higher stuff, quote unquote. But since we're still stuck in that stuff, we can't really—you know—talk about the progression of humanity. Because we still have to talk about like, how do I pay my bills? Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm. Inspired, or it, it's aspirational what we see in Next Generation and other Star Trek incarnations. And it's certainly my hope. It may take 500 years or 1,000 years, but it's my hope that we can get there one day.
0: You know, and that's interesting. Uh, nobody argues and nobody fights against that we've moved past bigotry, that we've moved past racism. But when you bring up money, it's, I, I just feel like it's so ingrained in people, this attitude, that... I think in 400 years, I think, yeah, I think our attitude could totally change. And uh, and uh, since, I, you know, frankly, I plan to live forever, I, I can't wait to see what happens. So, But believe it or not, money is not the only thing that we've been talking about here on the network this week. So here's a look at what you may have missed on all of our other shows.
1: Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit.
2: <laughs> also... I never know whether it's pronounced Babel or Babel, so I always feel um, scared to talk about it.
0: (laughs) That you don't want to bring it up in polite conversation. Yeah,
2: journey to, you know.
0: (laughs) You know, journey to journey. Yeah. Journey to To, to, the center of the earth.
2: To the journey, yes. Earl Grey. Patrick Stewart said, look,
1: we can have that scene where Worf explains why he's in the movie, or we can have my mambo scene, but we can't have both. (laughs) So
2: The orb. He just completely sells it. And he is Benjamin Sisko by this point. I mean, there's no doubt about it.
1: Well, he better be Benjamin Sisko by this point, Matthew. There's only one episode left in the series. This is true. This is true.
0: To the journey! And this is, I would dare even say, when he uh, starts falling
1: in love with Captain Janeway. This is the road that leads to the bathtub. From this point forward, he is just ever so slowly falling for her and the monkey
2: warp five they were just like okay we know this is the end so screw it we're just gonna do whatever the hell we want and putting shatner in there it's just like why not who cares the ready room also one other thing it reminded me of
1: when they're in space the escape pod that trip and kaitama use did that not look to you guys like the ship from Pigs in Space without the engines? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're right. You're absolutely right. Mission Log, a Ronberry Star Trek podcast.
0: There are two notes that I okay. seriously made. There were two notes that I made. Mm-hmm. One of them is, I love Rikers TV. I question what he's watching.
1: Commentary, Trek stars.
2: Robert Wise. If he's on the bridge of the Voyager, he's not even back at Harry Kim's station, right? He's one of the extras in the background who has to stand because he doesn't even have a chair. Literary Treks. you're waiting for one of the core cast of Vanguard to show up in these books, you're going to be waiting a long time. because As long as the three of us have anything to say about it, it ain't going to happen. Continuing Mission. The big thing here is I... Did it all for the cost of 3ds max which i bought with an educational discount so like 300 bucks i yeah. don't think you
1: can get an educational discount on materials to build <laughs> an actual set can you axonar the official podcast
0: when i learned the concept behind really axonar that was going to be a history channel style documentary i just i got so excited like my favorite star trek book ever is david goodman's federation The first 150 years because mm-hmm. i just love uh, it's, it's a history book. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Send to Show and, of course, Selector Earl Gray. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and on Twitter under username trekfm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, into the Facebook search field so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com/trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com/trekfm and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Darren, what if somebody was having accounting questions? You know, tax season's a little bit away, but how would, how would they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, well, if they want to transfer something into my Federation 401k, they can contact me on Twitter under username Doctor DrSciFi.
0: Uh, and, Philip, pe- the, the people are demanding what is the recipe for the tip jar. How do they get a hold of you as well?
2: Uh, they can uh, ask me what's the recipe and, and uh, how and how they can add some ingredients to it um, on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina.
0: And if they want to get a hold of me to talk about this, maybe disagree that, that money will always be around or never be, whatever you want to talk about, you can get a hold of me on Twitter as well. And uh, I'm at 1UPDan. And that is the number one, not the word. All right, guys. Well, I just got done in the senior staff poker game, and I won all of these useless plastic chips. So I'm going to go see if I can trade them in for anything anywhere. So uh, I guess we'll catch you all next week. Engage.
2: Make it so. Live long and fire. fire.